Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Our president whoever he or she is, must choose the side of the Constitution. Must. And not the side of the insurrection or the coup or anybody who's coming against us. And if he or she chooses the wrong side, I'm sorry. There's nothing in the First Amendment or anywhere else in the Constitution that can excuse your betrayal of your oath of office. It's not a free speech question. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. Because that is how it works. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. Problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience. conscience. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people. What your rights are. Your rights are. And each one of those people changed the lives of another ten people. And another ten. This is the beginning. It is not the finale. And that's why we're here. And that's why we rally. And you can change the entire population of the world. Eight billion people. If you think it's hard to change the lives of ten people, change their lives forever. Forever. We've got to be that something that Arnold Tornby, the historian, refers to as a creative minority. minority. You're wrong. Then others will show then up. Others will also, show what up. about no children dying? That's kind of nice. Kind of nice. Liberation. It's an internal. It's an internal. Of speaking the of truth. Speaking the truth. But their children were saved, and their children's children. children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. Adam, guess what? Yes. We're recording. Ryan, Ryan, guess what? (laughs) What? We are in effect. We're in effect. (laughs) So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? After you change it? Welcome. Welcome. Mr. Nagus just explained why President Trump's um, last-ditch First Amendment arguments got nothing to do with the actual facts of the case. Uh, He's been impeached for inciting violent insurrection against the government. Incitement to violent insurrection is not protected by free speech. There is no First Amendment defense to impeachment for high crimes and misdemeanors. The idea itself is absurd. And the whole First Amendment smokescreen is a completely irrelevant distraction from the standard of high crimes and misdemeanors, 
governing a president who has violated his oath of office. Yet, President Trump, we know, has a good way of treating up is down and wrong is right. He tried to pull off the biggest election fraud in American history by overturning the results of the 2020 election, even as he insisted that his own fraud was in fact an effort to stop the steal, to stop a fraud, a vast conspiracy that he blamed on local and state officials of both political parties, the media, election officials, the judiciary, federal, state, members of Congress, many others, anybody who wouldn't go along with him was part of the conspiracy. He violated his own oath of office by inciting mob violence to prevent Congress from counting the Electoral College votes as were assigned to do by the 12th Amendment and the Electoral Count Act, even as he attacked Vice President Pence at a rally for violating his oath of office and going along with an egregious assault on democracy. Now he argues that the Congress is violating his free speech rights when it was Donald Trump who incited an insurrectionist attack against us that halted speech and debate on the floor of the House and the Senate during the peaceful transfer of power and that imperiled the very constitutional order that protects freedom of speech in the first place along with all of our other fundamental rights. As a matter of law, as a matter of logic, President Trump's brazen attempt to invoke the First Amendment now won't hold up in any way. The basic flaw, of course, is that it completely ignores the fact that he was president of the United States, a public official. He swears an oath as president that nobody else swears. In exchange, he's given greater powers than anybody else in the entire country, maybe on earth. He or she promises to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States and our government institutions and our people. And as we all know, the power we entrust to people in public office, in government office, especially our presidents, comes with special obligations to uphold the laws and the integrity of our republic. And we all swear that oath. Now, what if a president publicly, say a president publicly and on a daily basis advocated replacing the Constitution with a totalitarian form of government? and urged states to secede from the Union, and swore an oath of loyalty to a foreign leader or foreign government. Well, as a private citizen, you couldn't do anything about people using those words to advocate totalitarianism, to advocate secession from the Union, to swear an oath of personal loyalty to a foreign leader or a foreign government or country. You couldn't. That's totally protected. If you tried to prosecute somebody for that as a prosecutor, you would lose but it is simply inconceivable, unthinkable, that a president could do any of these things, get up and swear an oath to foreign governments or leaders, advocate totalitarianism, advocate secession, and not be impeached for it. It's just unthinkable that that could happen. Would that violate their First Amendment rights? The opposite view pressed here by President Trump's counsel would leave the nation powerless to respond to a president who uses the unmatched power, privilege, and prestige of his or her office, the famous bully pulpit, in ways that risk the ruin of the republic, all for his or her own ambition and corruption and lust for power. 
Everyone should be clear. There's nothing remotely exotic about what we're saying. It should be common sense to everybody. Common sense about this understanding of the First Amendment as it applies to public servants, cops, firefighters, teachers, everybody across the land. My daughter, who I mentioned earlier in the trial, she's a teacher in a public school. And courts have said teachers teach, but if they go off script and they start advocating totalitarianism, treason, or what have you, they're not living up to the duties of their office as teacher, they can be fired. Everybody knows that. And it happens all the time, by the way, including to cops and firefighters and people on the front lines. It happens all the time. In fact, it happened countless times to people fired by President Trump for their statements or ideas about things, including on election fraud not long ago. There were people in the government who lost their jobs because the president didn't like what they said or what they wrote. Now, as I mentioned yesterday, and I can't help but repeat it, Justice Scalia got it exactly right on this. He, he wrote on these cases about how the First Amendment affects people who take on a public office, who take on public em employment. And he summed it up like this. He said, you can't ride with the cops, but root for the robbers. You can't ride with the cops, but root for the robbers. That's what Justice Scalia said. And when it comes to the peaceful transfer of power, to the rule of law, to respecting election outcomes, our president, whoever he or she is, must choose the side of the Constitution. Must. And not the side of the insurrection or the coup or anybody who's coming against us. And if he or she chooses the wrong side, I'm sorry. There's nothing in the First Amendment or anywhere else in the Constitution that can excuse your betrayal of your oath of office. It's not a free speech question. But there's more. Let's play make-believe and pretend that President Trump were just a run-of-the-mill private citizen, as my colleague Mr. Nagu said, just another guy at the rally who's just expressing a deeply unpopular opinion because we shouldn't overlook the fact that while there were thousands of people in that violent mob, they represent a tiny, tiny, tiny part of less than 1% of the population, and the vast majority of the American people reject the kind of seditious mob violence that we saw on January 6th. But let's say that he were just another guy in, in the crowd that day. It is a bedrock principle that nobody... Nobody can incite a riot. First Amendment doesn't protect it. Key case, Brandenburg versus Ohio. There's no First Amendment protection for speech directed to inciting or producing imminent lawless action and likely to produce such action. And for all the reasons you've heard, based on the voluminous, comprehensive, totally unrefuted, and we think irrefutable, but we're eager to hear our colleagues, based on all the evidence you've heard, and for all the reasons you've heard, um, that definition of proscribable speech fits President Trump's conduct perfectly. This is a classic case of incitement. And you don't have to take my word for it. The 144 free speech lawyers Mr. Neguse mentioned, who include many of the nation's most dedicated, most uncompromising free speech advocates, unlike Mr. Trump, of course, but 
these people agree that there is a powerful case for conviction under the Brandenburg standard, even if the president of the United States were just to be treated like some guy in the crowd. And they add, the First Amendment is no defense to the article of impeachment leveled against the former president. And I mention the Brandenburg standard not because it applies here. Of course, it doesn't, since this is an impeachment. It's not a criminal trial. And there's no risk of jail time. Let's be clear about that. The president doesn't go to jail for one week, one day, one hour, or one minute based on impeachment and conviction and disqualification from further office. Um, rather, I mention it to emphasize that absolutely nobody in America would be protected by the First Amendment if they did all the things that Donald Trump did. Nobody made Donald Trump run for president and swear an oath to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution on January 20th, 2017. But when he did, by virtue of swearing that oath and entering this high office, he took upon himself a duty to affirmatively take care that our laws would be faithfully executed under his leadership. All of the laws, the laws against federal destruction of property, all of the laws, we expected him in everything he said and everything he did to protect and preserve and defend our constitutional system, including the separation of powers. But instead, he betrayed us. And as Representative Cheney said, it was the greatest betrayal of a presidential oath in the history of the United States of America. The greatest. As I mentioned yesterday, President Trump is not even close to the proverbial citizen who falsely shouts fire in a crowded theater. He is like the now proverbial municipal fire chief who incites a mob to go set the theater on fire and not only refuses to put out the fire, but encourages the mob to keep going as the blaze spreads. We would hold that fire chief accountable. We would forbid him from that job ever again. And that's exactly what must happen here. There are hundreds of millions of citizens who can be president. Donald Trump has disqualified himself, and you must disqualify him too. Just like the fire chief who sends the mob, President Trump perverted his office by attacking the very Constitution he was sworn to uphold. In fact, that's one reason why this free speech rhetoric at this trial is so insidious. His conduct represented the most devastating and dangerous assault by a government official on our Constitution, including the First Amendment in living memory. We wouldn't have free speech or any other rights if we didn't have the rule of law, peaceful transfer of power, and a democracy where the outcome of the election is accepted by the candidate who lost. We had it all the way up until 2020. And the central purposes of the First Amendment are democratic self-government and civic truth-seeking, two purposes that President Trump sought to undermine, not advance in the course of his conduct as we have definitively demonstrated this trial. The violence he incited threatened all of our freedoms. It threatened the very constitutional order that protects free speech, due process, religious free exercise, the right to vote, equal protection, and the many other fundamental rights that we all treasure and cherish as citizens of the United States. 
The First Amendment does not create some superpower immunity from impeachment for a president who attacks the Constitution in word and deed while rejecting the outcome of an election he happened to lose. If anything, President Trump's conduct was an assault on the First Amendment and equal protection rights that millions of Americans exercised when they voted last year, often under extraordinarily difficult and arduous circumstances. Remember, the First Amendment protects the right of the people to speak about the great issues of our day, to debate during elections, and then to participate in politics by selecting the people who will be our leaders. And remember, in American democracy, those of us who aspire and attain to public office are nothing but the servants of the people. Nothing. Not the masters of the people. We have no kings here. We have no czars. Here the people govern, President Ford said. The people. Most important words of the Constitution are the first three. We the people. But all this... All this means little if a president who dislikes the election results can incite violence to try to replace and usurp the will of the people, as expressed in the states. Ignore the judicial branch of government and then run over the legislative branch of government with a mob. President Trump's high crimes and misdemeanors sought to nullify the political rights and sovereignty of the American people. Our right as a people to deliberate, to form opinions, to persuade each other to vote, and then to decide who our president will be. The sovereignty of the people. That's an attack on the First Amendment, I would say. In addition, President Trump's actions were a direct attack on our own freedom of speech here in the Capitol. Members of Congress are sent here to speak for their constituents. That's why we have our own little mini free speech clause, the speech and debate clause. That's literally our job. We come here and represent the views of our people. The attack that President Trump incited forced members of Congress to stop speaking and to literally flee for our lives and the lives of our staffs and our families. The man whose statements and actions halted speech in Congress, speech related to the peaceful transfer of power, has no right no right to claim that free speech principles prevent this body from exercising its constitutional powers to hold him accountable for his offense against us. You know, Voltaire said famously, and our founders knew it, I may disagree with everything you say, but I will defend with my life your right to say it. President Trump says, because I disagree with everything you say, I will overturn your popular election and incite insurrection against the government. And we might take a moment to consider another Voltaire insight, which a high school teacher of mine told me when a student asked, when was the beginning of the Enlightenment? And she said, I think it was when Voltaire said, anyone who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. There's no merit whatsoever to any of the free speech rhetoric, the empty free speech rhetoric you may hear from President Trump's lawyers. He attacked the First Amendment. He attacked the Constitution. He betrayed his oath of office. Presidents don't have any right to do that. It's forbidden so that our republic may survive. The people are far more important than that. The precedent he asked you to create, which would allow any future president to do precisely what he did, is self-evidently dangerous.
And so there can be no doubt, none at all, the president lacks any First Amendment excuse or defense or immunity. He incited a violent insurrection against our government. He must be convicted. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as For Stitcher Smart Radio app, Potable, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. 